I know things you never see. You never see someone taking a shit while running at full speed. Come on, kid, get rid of some of them turds in the shit box. Welcome to the Bathroom Break Podcast with me, Rab himself. This week on the Bathroom Break Podcast, my guest is Darren Miller, formerly of the band CKY, now in the band 96 Bitter Beings. They've got two new albums coming out. Campaign actually just came out on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and a whole bunch of other places, so check it out. And Synergy Restored is coming out soon, and they're both fucking amazing. Hey, welcome to the Bathroom Break Podcast with me, Rab himself. I'm sitting here with amazing musician Darren Miller and, uh, <laughs> and just, uh, yeah, wanted to welcome you on the Bathroom Break Podcast to uh, <laughs> sit and chat a little bit about... Um, just shit everything from shit and chat. Shit and chat. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. It's the uh, bathroom break podcast, so we're gonna we're gonna shit all over these microphones. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I I was like uh, I was wanting to get you on just because uh, like I, I've noticed when I sit down with friends of like long periods of time, like if you sit with for an hour and just chat about shit, you're like, damn, I learned all this stuff about this person I didn't really know. Like even just a second ago, we were talking about like your fa- your first band and like. I know about the first band, but then I didn't know like all this awesome, these like, you know, did you album ever, covers. Did you ever go see this end up? I saw this end up. You yeah. Did. But I did. I never saw uh, aches and pains or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, should I bring them over? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, we, we will. And it's like, so I, I guess my, my question was, okay, what was your first band that you ever had? Uh, well, the, the first, like, band band or, like, the first time you were like wanted like, yeah. to happen. Because the first thing I wanted to happen was a band called Illuminous. Okay. In fifth grade. And um, <laughs> I was playing guitar. Like, how old are you in fifth grade? Nine or ten? Yeah. And I started playing at eight. And I made this um, fake record cover out of poster board. And I did a logo called Illuminous. I think it was like Metallica ripoff. Illuminous. Yeah, yeah. Illuminous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, me and my friend Pete Johnson were supposed to be in that band, except he had no, I mean, he wasn't a musician. So it was just <laughs> like, let's start a band, but okay. It was, it was nothing more than just a fake album cover made out of uh, cardboard. But from there, I started another band called Evil Image that I just now remember. Just now, because you mentioned it. And uh, my friend Brian Milano and uh, this guy Lance was on drums, and I was on guitar, and this was in Marlton, New Jersey, ninth grade. That's what I was going to ask. This was in Marlton, yeah. yeah. And um, we, we, were, we were actually got together and rehearsed, and nobody was listening to the other person. <laughs> the drummer just was just playing a drum beat. There you go. That's a good example of people that show off uh, in this neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Still not impressive. Um, <laughs> happens every day. Yeah, these these big muscle head. Well, yeah. they're not muscle heads. That's why they do it. It's to compensate. 
Yeah. And Wait, so and no I one's ha- it listening. It has to affect my life. Yeah. I have to hear it every day. <laughs> Wait, so no one's listening to each other in the band. You're all just playing random. Lance is playing a drum beat. Yeah. Not even aware that there's other people in the, in the room. I'm playing <laughs> yeah. a guitar part that I'm trying to play with Lance. And then Brian Milano was supposed to be our singer. And we had a mic set up and everything. But then he was just like... <sighs> Like he never really got there are people that I, I don't understand this but there are people that just will not sing in front of other people oh yeah 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 they get, get like yeah they get like stage fright and there's no one but even there it's just you yeah yeah it's you exactly. and somebody else and, yeah you know I know people even in the band I'm in now Ken will not sing he will not go in front of a mic and sing or but call. he can sing probably that's the oh, yeah. that's the funniest thing about it is that people who can't sing have no problem doing it. Yeah. 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 There are people who can't sing. They they'll have no problem with singing in front of 10,000 people. And then there's people that probably can sing that are terrified of it. And I just don't understand yeah. being terrified of trying to sing yeah. in front of people. I mean, it's just a, a hang up that people have. It's just, why not? What, what's the worst that could happen? But anyway, he was scared. He wouldn't, he wouldn't sing. So I was like, <laughs> all right, the coolest thing evil image got was a logo. I, I designed this really cool logo, and I can actually do it right now. If I had a piece of paper, <laughs> I'm doing it right now. I could. It's the evil image logo. The the last e after the G in image was backwards, so it was front ways e, backwards e, and they kind of like yeah bookended it. And it was a cool logo, but it was evil image. I mean, 1991. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could probably maybe recycle that name now, but <clears throat> it was pretty cheesy. And then, you know, that just got as far as a rehearsal. Oh, and so, then, okay, so you almost got to, yeah. I mean, no, well, yeah, nobody had any talent yet. Then who sang? Did you start to sing at that point? Or? No. Okay. I, I, never, I never really saw myself singing in a band. Yeah. Because when shortly after ninth grade or right after ninth grade um my dad came to me and said i have bad news uh we have to move and i was like no that's good news (laughs) (laughs) marlton new jersey was was pretty much hell for me i i didn't even know what moving was like i didn't wasn't even afraid of being a new kid in a new school had knowing anybody i just wanted to get out of there yeah so ended up moving to Thornton, you know, Westchester, and they said, well, we have Westchester East or we have um, Garnet Valley High School. I said, well, Westchester East sounds like a better name because I was right on the cusp of the school districts. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't go to Garnet Valley High School. And if I'd had, who God knows what I'd be doing right now. Because in Westchester East, I met you, I met everybody. You'd be working at like the booth win corner or whatever. What was that? They had the sticky buns at that booth's corner thing. Uh, Booth's corner, yeah. Yeah. God, you're you're, you're bringing up stuff I have not heard in 20 years. Booth's corner. Yeah. Booth's corner. They're like, they've got to die for sticky buns down there. I'm like, who gives a shit about a sticky bun? I know. But uh, yeah. Back then, you know, you had to go places to get things. Yeah, yeah. Now you don't. I can order us a, a, some sticky buns right now and they'll be here in 15 minutes. Yeah. 
So yeah, so you're so you ended up in East High School, and w- what grade? Well, was that ninth grade or t- or well, tenth grade? It's kind of hard to figure it out because I was so depressed in ninth grade in New Jersey. My grades literally were two D's and four F's. <laughs> that sounds familiar. My grade point <laughs> average. Yeah, yeah. You can relate to that. Um, my, yeah, my grade point average was point. So you just zero. like hated it there? Know. Were you just playing music a bunch and like not? Oh, I spent a, a lot of time in my yeah. room. Yeah. But um, there's a backstory to Marlton growing up that pretty much fucked me up for good <laughs> forever that'll do it i, don't, I won't get into so that. don't go to marlton new jersey no yeah. don't go to marlton new jersey in yeah. 1980 yeah yeah <laughs> the nightmare that was marlton new jersey yeah so so you move to westchester area and and then go to east high school and uh and that's where you met like aaron and and everybody yeah. well the funny thing is is that when i was in marlton you know I was a metalhead that did not look like a metalhead. And I had been, you know, picked on since like kindergarten. And um, I got into metal because uh, my neighbor across the street was listening to Metallica and I was just Kiss. That was it. Yeah. And then he showed me Metallica, Master of Puppets, and Ozzy. And I started to like all that stuff. And then from there, it just got heavier and heavier and I started taking guitar lessons like I was already playing but I started taking like guitar like metal lessons and that's where I discovered underground unsigned New Jersey death metal bands oh yeah which is actually legendary to anybody that knows about it most people have no clue and don't give a shit yeah there was you know nocturnal fear all those guys took guitar lessons with the same teacher and um I was heavily influenced by their demos because they lived near me and it was just weird because back then when you're, you're that young, you think that any band that has something th- to sell is, is successful. Right. Yeah. In my head, you know, I didn't know what unsigned meant. I just thought, you know, if they have a tape, they have a tape. It must've sold thousands of copies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was influenced by nocturnal fear. And then I started to go to this club, really shady place called G Willikers. <laughs> I was way too young. Yeah. <laughs> way too young to go there. But me and Bill McCracken and my friend Heather, we used to go. Bill McCracken recently passed away. And I didn't know that uh, he did because we were talking back to back and forth to each other. And I was waiting for him to respond to something. And he never did. <laughs> Jesus. But that's getting off the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we would go to these death metal shows, Vicious Circle. And Vinny is still one of my good friends um he he's still in the band and he's still doing <laughs> vicious circle in new jersey which i think is so cool um nocturnal fear like i said mortal decay all these death metal bands um were influencing me because that's where that's the kind of music that was in that area so that's how i got into death metal from watching unsigned quality jersey bands incantation nocturnal nocturnal fear um you know on and on and on and uh 
Yeah, it's awesome because there was like a kid that was asking for like, oh, I'm just going through a death metal phase. Like, what bands? And so I put Malevolent on there, and I was like, I only know that because of Darren, you know. But uh, right. but yeah, like, but that's one of that's a band you you're a big fan of too as well, right? Yeah, I I found Malevolent Creation. I found out um, when I moved to, I mean, Marlton is only like 50 minutes, 50 minutes away from Westchester. Okay. But it was like a culture shock for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I went from over the summer, I spent all my time in my room with my guitar and my amp. The summer before I was going to a new school. And it was hard. Yeah. Because all these neighborhood kids, their parents, I guess, forced them to come over. I mean, this is back when people <laughs> people were social and nice to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Yeah. Yeah. These kids would come over and say, hey, does Darren want to throw the ball around a little bit? And I'm like, that's really sweet. Thank you for offering, but no, I don't want to play with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just picked up my guitar and, you know, pretty much uh, that's all I did for that summer of 91. And then I would go back and forth back to Marlton to visit Dave and Heather and all my friends over there. But when I started school... Everything, it was like a fresh slate. Nobody knew that I had nicknames. Nobody knew that yeah. the, the proper thing to do was to bust on me all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like all of a sudden, like girls started to like me. And yeah, I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> girls yeah. used to make fun of me. You know, I, yeah. I was playing basketball because my dad would make me play, play basketball. And I was so bad. I have videotapes of me. <laughs> my dad would videotape these games. And I have oh, videotapes of me taking shots and missing and hearing girls say, Oh, you stupid asshole. You suck. <laughs> That's you know? fucking I mean, terrible. He's like, not only weren't you good at it, he had video documents of it. But I had to play it cool in front of my dad who was yeah. videotaping. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I'd be yeah. like, I know, I suck. You know, but like, inside I'm like, God. Not yeah. only do I not want to be doing this. Right. I do not want to be playing basketball, but I also do not need these two chicks on the side making fun of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, I'm not even trying to be good at it. I don't like it. Yeah. But then you, somehow you saying shitty stuff still makes me feel like... Yeah, uh, I should have just... Yeah. If, it, if I could go back... Everybody always says, if I could go back knowing now... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're knowing you know, what I know now, I would have done that. I should have just stopped, grabbed the ball, stopped... And just throwing it outside. That's what I should have done. You know, I did that in East when they were like, like all those like those like awesome basketball players. They were always like making fun of the nerds, oh, yeah. and I like started shit. So I grabbed the one from like the All Star kid, took it, and then just kicked it like out of the gym. <laughs> well, we'll get to what you used to do in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you were uh, unbelievable. What you, the things you did. Just, it was fun, man. I felt like that was what high school well, was Well, that's all about. what I needed. Yeah. I needed yeah. that kind of self-esteem. Yeah. To be yeah, able yeah. to say, fuck you. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is a stupid sport. Yeah, I'm not playing this anymore. Yeah. You two can go fuck yourselves, and I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. I'm going to go play guitar. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know. But you're trying to do what you thought he wanted and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they thought that sports you're was supposed more to do it. Yeah active there, that I, there was more potential for me to be something in sports <laughs> right. than in music which yeah which no way obviously if i'm spending 24 hours a day in my room playing guitar riffs there's something there 
Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Focus and they, on they that. eventually got it. Yeah. You know, but it took a long time. They were worried because I had my my grades in ninth grade were so bad that I should have been held back. Yeah. But what my mom did was she talked the principal into letting me go to tenth grade. But the problem is I had to make up all those credits. Right. So I didn't have a study hall. I oh, didn't have yeah, anything. Yeah. My entire day was made up of more classes than anybody else. I had to make up all my my freshman year classes. Just and I don't know how up, I yeah. did it because I literally did not do any work. I think that I used to – I think I would just copy people's work. I would copy people's homework. Sometimes I would steal their homework and erase their name <laughs> and put mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was usually for revenge. If if In Marlton in school, I remember um, – this kid, Justin Greenwall, was busting on me, and we had a teacher named Miss Hockle who was, I had a huge crush on her. But that's, I, there's stories within stories, and I had yeah, to yeah. stick to one. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Greenwall was saying something to me, and he went to the bathroom, and I knew where his homework was, and I forgot mine. So I took his, <laughs> erased his name, and put my name, and I put it in my book and handed it in, and he came back and said, It was just here. <laughs> Like, Everybody oh. thought he was crazy. Like, yeah. you for, look, you forgot your homework. Just deal with it. <laughs> but I didn't. I had it here. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was just like, <laughs> no, you know, no, that's what kid. you get, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, but I did that on several occasions. If there was somebody that was an asshole, I would steal their homework and put my name on it. And <laughs> that's awesome. But that's one yeah. of many yeah, yeah. problems. So... Did I answer the question? So, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so when you got to... Westchester and you so basically that whole first summer you just like stayed in the room just playing guitar playing guitar and uh, I feel like that's like you know obviously you know like they, they always talk about this 10,000 hours thing to become like really good at something and it's like and that's what you always hear of somebody that becomes an incredible musician is like they just put the fucking time in you know and just sit there and play and play and play and play and and that's what it sounds like that summer and and even before that, I mean, you had your mind made up that you were going that direction anyway. I feel like because you're you're making album covers for bands that don't even exist yet, but but you're like driving in that direction. Yeah, it was and, obsession. Yeah, and hardcore and, obsession. Yeah, and I feel like that's what it takes, though. You it know, does like, take that. And the funny thing is, is that uh, people that have done it, you know, bands like Kiss, Metallica, you know, members of those bands always say, you have to work so hard on it to develop it and perfect it but the thing is is if you see it as work then it's probably not for you right i was spending all my time doing it but i never noticed right you know what i'm saying yeah like i never you're not noticed. like oh i have nine thousand three hundred hours in yeah right. it's, it, just, it wasn't just like i was counting the minutes like yeah oh, soon i'll be good at this the time flew you know whenever i picked up a guitar the, the time just flew by it's kind of like video games with kids now you put they play, start playing the video game when they get home from school and then they look outside and it's dark out yeah you know, and they're like oh i thought i just played like for 15 minutes unfortunately playing video games doesn't really lead to any kind of career unless you're going to be a streamer yeah well, now dude i i worked on a show these kids are like 18 years old and they're millionaires from playing video I games. Know. I was like, what? It's crazy. Yeah. But you know, there's only so many spots open for that. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. that, And I don't know that that's, I mean, I don't have an interest in that. But, but neither do <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's the longevity of that career? 
you know. No, they say they make quick money. And they say at twenty two, you're past your prime. That's what they were saying on the show that I was working on. Twenty two, your reaction time starts going down, and then all this stuff happens, and it's like. Well, it also but, it's also a thing where you're 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 probably playing a game that's just in style right now. Right, and it's gonna eventually, shift. you yeah. know. But I I don't know I. I I think it'd be fun to be a YouTube, you know, phenomenon. But <laughs> yeah, most yeah. people don't realize that you have to. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go for something that 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 makes a quick buck like that, you can't let it get to your head. You got to say, okay, this is gonna last X amount of time, not a long time. Yeah. So whatever money I make from this, I I'm just gonna keep it. You know, yeah. those kids go crazy and they end up broke in the end anyway. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it sounds <laughs> like the same old. Same yeah. old with that stuff, but so okay, so you're so you're playing all these hours. Then then when you get into the new school, like what was that? Like when you got into East, like did you meet other musicians or like or connect with people? Like was there was there people that you connected with? Like like Aaron or well, the thing is like the first day of school, and I'll never forget this. The only thing I'm going to forget about this is the names of the two people that did it. Yeah. Okay, but I'll never forget that. At business as usual, it was lunchtime. I went in, didn't know anyone, found a table, sat by myself, and these two people, one of them I think is John and his sister. You might know him. He's a tall guy, kind of husky, uh, probably, probably, I think he was a firefighter, volunteer oh. fireman. Yeah, I don't know. John yeah. something. And his sister, which was pretty cute, they came over to me and they said, you, Come sit with us. And I just thought that was the most bizarre <laughs> contrast. Yeah, because you're used behavior. to people just giving you shit. Because yeah. it was like, don't sit with me. Yeah, it right, was, right. It was like, you're not sitting with me. Right. And then, it, and then it became, what are you doing? Come sit with us. I'm so-and-so. And I was like, what? What the, <laughs> what the hell is going on? It was seriously... Like, I didn't understand it. I thought they were making fun of me. Yeah, because you're used to that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, then, you know, I met Aaron Ashcraft really fast and Jay and then Scott Peppel and Ted and anybody that had metal shirts on, you know, this guy Jeff and, um, you know, anybody with long hair, I assumed was into what I was into. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Jay. Yeah, right. yeah, and then Jay, my brother, who was like yeah. this preppy dude with a button-down shirt, but hanging out with all the metal Blasting heads. death's human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I just got really close with with all of them guys really quick. And me and Ted used to we used to play. We were gonna start a band, you know. I think we did for a f couple minutes. Me and Aaron and, uh, Ashcraft. We were we were trying to join that band Threshing Sledge. Yeah, <laughs> that Ted was in, and we went and rehearsed with them for a while. That Christian metal punk band, <laughs> and then um, in business math, I had to take a freshman course, business math, and um, Dave Williams was in my class, and he used to somehow he used to get us out of it. I became friends with him because he sat right next to me but he became the drummer in this end up he would get us out of class by asking the teacher if we could go run the school store oh nice so he'd be like eh, we're gonna go run the school store you know he had this really <laughs> yeah. funny, funny you know friendly voice me and Darren are gonna we wanna go run the school store we don't wanna we don't wanna do this 
He's yeah. like, all right, go ahead. So we would run the school store for that period. And through Maggie, who was another girl that I had a crush on, um, she introduced me to John Teague, who was a senior or a junior. Senior. Yeah, Dave Williams and John Teague were seniors, and I was a sophomore. And they played... John played bass, Dave played drums. So we started rehearsing, and I still have all the rehearsal tapes. We got a boombox in the room. We were in Dave's attic. And it's amazing to hear how it started and how bad we were to, like, what it became at the end. Like, yeah, the, when this end up was done... When you compare, like full how, circle, yeah, but that was full circle was, of course, a terrible song. And, it know, didn't feel like it then, though. It didn't feel like, like it then. No. Like, yeah, well, I remember seeing that and feeling the like the crowd being all into it, and like when you play that, it was just like, yeah, and everyone was like psyched on it. So, yeah, looking back, it might feel like that, but at the time, it was like, hell yeah, this is the shit, right? You know, and and that's that's some way that like, I it it's bizarre because. We got so good so fast, and we were not good at all. You would not listen to these rehearsal tapes and think, this band is going to do something. But, you know, we played high school um, projects. Like, not projects, but Battle of the events. Bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Senior Fair, which I watched the other day for the first time since we did it. Nice. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's a girl that walks by with her hands on her ears like, it's cheerleader chicks. <laughs> oh my god! But I got so much respect that day from playing the senior fair from like jocks and stuff because they saw how everybody reacted to it. Yeah, and they were like, "Man, you really know how to do that." And I started to gain a lot of confidence for the first time. Nice. So then came the the um, the battle of the bands which was probably one of the best times of my life because we were up against 10 other bands and I didn't even think that, I didn't even have the confidence to think that we would even get into it, but we ended up winning. Yeah. And it was on local access uh, TV. <laughs> what was that television station? WCOJ or something yeah, yeah. like that? Uh -huh. <laughs> it was on there and they played it over and over and over and over and over. And we were supposed to get a prize of $500, but they didn't want to give it to us. They just wanted people to think there was a prize. What? Which is in the, you know, which yeah. is in the case of most sweepstakes. Yeah, like yeah. Most contests, yeah. there's never a prize. They just want you to enter. You know and, what I mean? Oh, so they're just fooling you. <laughs> well, when, 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 later on, you know, when we were with Island Records, they're like, "Why don't we do?" The, somebody had the idea, "Why don't we do a thing where CKY gives away a free guitar?" And he's like, "Well, where are we going to get the guitar?" And he said, "There's not going to be a guitar." <laughs> and then I started to understand, like, okay, like all these sweepstakes that you hear about, like Mountain Dews, free trip to Hawaii, you know, look under the look under the can, look under the yeah, tab, right, you know? right. Nobody, have you, have you ever? So one time I won like a free cruise and then when I called they were like, Oh wow, you gotta pay for the flight and then this and then this right. and I was like, that's like three grand by the end right. of it. I didn't win anything. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like Yeah, I know what you're saying, definitely. But you know, so just for anybody out there, I would think usually sweepstakes and contests 
there are no prize winners. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm even pretty suspicious about, about the uh, lottery, even. How much are they actually, yeah. Who, gets, who, who actually wins? Um, what do you have to go through if you do have a winning ticket? <laughs> well, most people that do win and they, their life goes to hell after that. If you've right. ever seen but, that, that well, documentary, somebody I yeah, haven't yeah. seen the documentary. I'm sure there is a lottery yeah. documentary, but yeah, I always thought that nobody really won the lottery. But I think people do, really do win the lottery, of course. But you know, if the Rice Krispies trip <laughs> to, you know, nobody wins those. Yeah. So 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 there's this sweep or this thing. You're supposed to win five hundred dollars for winning the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. And Mr. Shaw, who was the what at East. I don't remember. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember. He was him, a math teacher. Yeah, I think. something. Yeah. He was running it, and he said, "This ended up wins five hundred dollars, first place in East Battle of the Bands, five hundred dollar prize." And then we let a week go by, <laughs> and then we saw Mr. Shaw. And we're like, "Mr. Shaw, hi." He's like, "Hey, <laughs> Mr. Good. Shaw, we were supposed to win five hundred dollars from." The Battle of the Bands. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you never, you never got that? <laughs> <laughs> no, this will buy you some time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we never got it. You can pretend you didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Now go find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took about two months of constant badgering. It got to the point <laughs> where it was like, Shaw, you were supposed to give us $500. Like, you, you made money from that and this is like a school thing i know it's, it's like supposed a, to teach you like business yeah it was a business that we did right we won a contest we right. played at the event they sold tickets we won we're supposed to get 500 dollars. they didn't want to give it to us <laughs> right. i guess that they were teaching us something how yeah. to get fucked over they're teaching you what the real music business yeah. is like <laughs> they were teaching us how, about get ready to be fucked over a lot in life but eventually we did get the check and with that check we made our first demo tape. Oh, nice. In Downingtown. Oh, that's awesome. So that so you that was your first demo tape with this end up. It, but but before that you had recorded a bunch of stuff with aches and pain. Yeah, on a boombox. On Me a boombox would make up songs on the spot. And if you think that that is a bad thing, like coming up with stuff, you know, there's in acting there's what is it called? Improv. Improvisation. Yeah, yeah. I can't come up I can't come up with words anymore. <laughs> words. You, know, you can improv. I can, I seriously am yeah, yeah. at a loss of the right word many, many times, and it takes a long time. I have to pause a lot. But um, improvisation and acting. Yeah. You can improv music, not jamming. Like coming up with like real songs. Yeah. That repeat parts. And me and Dave Mosca, Dave would you know be the singer, and I would be the singer sometimes. But we would just come up with the funniest stuff, and. It was pretty much just making fun of glam metal. Like we wanted to have a cheesy logo and a cheesy band name, so we came up with aches and pains. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Spelled it phonetically, like A Y K S N P A Y N Z. And they have the logo and everything. <laughs> it's so good. And every time I would go to visit New Jersey, You'd record a new album. <laughs> yeah. Over the weekend, we would record a new record. Yeah. And some of the songs got were so good that. It wasn't embarrassing playing them in front of other people. Yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, if the, if the catalog got out today, I'd be pretty embarrassed. And so <laughs> would Dave. But we have put some songs out there without putting our names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this was back when MySpace was the Facebook. We put an Aches and Pains MySpace up, and <laughs> without mentioning my name or his name, we w- would visit it to see if anybody played it. And it, but at one point, it had 2,000 plays. Damn. This little snippet of two songs. That's and awesome. it's like, we need, this is on the bucket list, a real professionally done Aches and Pains album. And there are enough good ideas on those 12 tapes, yeah. those 12 records that we did, to do 10 good Aches and Pains songs. Yeah, that dude, that'll be awesome. And a lot of the Aches and Pains songs, the riffs, ended up in CKY songs. Well, that's what I was going to say, because I, I remember plan. you talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Plastic Plan was an Aches and Pains riff. That was Aches and Pains. And, um, that's hilarious. It's basically like sort of like a joke thing that you guys were just sitting around messing around ends up becoming part of. Yeah. Of CKY stuff too. Yeah, because when you're when you're improving and you're trying to come up with a song on the spot, if you have it and you know what you're doing, you'll you'll come up with something. Yeah, like something will get done. So there was a song called "Scratch and Sniff Me," that's on <laughs> "Waking Up the Neighbors," the last album that we did. Yeah, that has the riff from "The Human Drive-In Hi-Fi." That's on Volume One. Oh wow! So yeah, a lot of that jokey, funny stuff became real material. Damn, that's cool. Okay, so then, so after, so I've kind of heard a bit of, of the evolution of it, but it was like after, like during this end up, you'd go back and you'd record some aches and pains stuff, but then after this ends up, what, or this end up, what happened? Like, where did you go? Like musically, then, like, because then it, it shifted and like that band kind of ended, or? Well, the first time I ever got like clinically depressed was when the guys were graduating high school, John and Dave, and they wanted to go to college. And I was like, but we're like on our third demo and they keep getting better. <laughs> and I had, you know, I had insinuated myself into relationships in the industry, you know, um, people, labels in New York city were finding out about me just because I was so obnoxious. Yeah. You know, I would call and write and send in stuff to the point where it was more annoying than any other. (laughs) They're like, I can't ignore this guy. Right. A lot of bands would just take their rejection and go on. I would say, but why? Yeah. Wow. How about this one? How about this one? <laughs> right. But um, this end up, we fired the singer because although he was pretty cool to watch on stage, he was, could not sing. So I tried to, to sing. And we re-recorded some of the first demo with me singing. But then we, I kind of realized that I couldn't sing. So I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. Kept singing and singing and singing until I was good enough to to at least do it yeah you know whether people liked it or not i don't know but um when we did two other tapes and those guys you know wanted to not do it anymore and they didn't announce it they just kind of you know when you want to do something and you're all excited about it and the other people just aren't as into it as you are yeah, yeah. And you can't tell other than the body language you know yeah. like they're like oh yeah i'm totally excited 
tomorrow, ah, uh, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And I was just feeling that really bad, and I'm like, God, I'm gonna have no band. So, which brings me to the freshman class that I was taking my junior year, pre-algebra one yeah. A, <laughs> Mr. Soda Soditis. Soda oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, soda it is. Just yeah. pulled that right out. <laughs> yeah. Miss um, Soditis's class. Mal Mitchell was in there. Jess was in there. And me, the old kid with the long hair. Yeah. And Mrs. Soditis was so unaware of her class, she would just sit up there and just say, I love eights. I just love eight. And one day we watched <laughs> her draw an eight like this. For like, about like 20 minutes. It was probably like 45 seconds. But she told us that she loved eights and started drawing one. Over yeah, 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 yeah. Infinity symbol. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, why am I in here? What is this doing for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If my parents knew that my teacher said, I love drawing eight. Yeah. It's like, I yeah. just love it. I just love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what a waste of time. So me and Jess would make fun of her like so so badly. Like I used to actually call out to her. Like, you suck so bad and she would just ignore it. Like, yeah. And everybody was doing it. Mal yeah. Mitchell was doing it. <laughs> I only remember him because, you know, Mal Mitchell. Yeah. And Jess. And me and Jess would draw pictures of her and show her and she wouldn't I don't know. We would just yell out stuff and she wouldn't even pay attention to it she was apparently really fucked up in the head (laughs) so just like i play drums and i was like oh yeah sure you do he's like yeah i do i was like well you know my band's falling apart i might as well try a death metal thing yeah you know because that's what i was into but he had no death metal background so what we came what we came up with was a death metal band that had a drummer that played rock beats and that became foreign objects yeah and the first you know the first time we rehearsed it it did not go well i was like my amp was still at john teague's house because they didn't know that i was trying to start another band even though they wouldn't have cared because they wanted to leave the band right i brought this little gorilla amp like small as hell and turned it all the way up and it sounded like crap and jess and i sat there trying to put together like just the first part of the song um undiscovered numbers and colors yeah that we must have worked on that for four months just that part in that musty basement in that musty basement with spiders and like poisonous spiders and and yeah stuff and <laughs> just stuff just stuff is the best way to describe it yeah what is the basement like it has a lot of stuff <laughs> in it. yeah it's musty and there's stuff <laughs> it's musty and it used i remember there were certain parts that were scary to go yeah and i remember it would flood mm-hmm. but there was a stage yeah yeah that we played on yeah so yeah. it was kind of like playing on a raft Sometimes. Yeah. Because <laughs> the water would never reach the equipment, thank God. Yeah. But, you know, we went through various... And, you know, I learned a lot about people starting foreign objects. We had a guy that was 
almost twice our age wanting to join the band. And the day before our first show at the Henderson Battle of the Bands, he said, I want 50 bucks. I was like, huh? <laughs> His name was Matt Rissmiller. Yeah. <laughs> which is funny. My brother's name is Matt, and my last name is Miller. Matt Miller. This guy was Matt Rissmiller, which I think Rissmiller is a really strange last name. <clears throat> <laughs> and then we had this guy, Drew, from Delaware, which we cannot remember his last name, but he was... Uh, he had a lot of personal problems that you could probably imagine what they are, you know? Yeah. Daughter, 18 years old, uh, in and out of prison, you know? And Matt Rissmiller called me the day before our first Henderson Battle of the Bands, and he said, I want $50. Every show. If we make make $1,000, give me 50. If we make no money, give me 50. And I said... I wish I recorded the conversation because it was the first, one of the first times I ever stood up to somebody and said, you have to be out of your fucking mind to throw this on me the day before. Yeah. So I said, fuck you. You're ridiculous. And I never talked to him again. Drew was a really good bass player, but he had too many personal problems. And one day he came to the bit, Jess's basement with, when no one was home and thankfully only took his stuff out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He took his amp and his bass and left. But he was much easily just uh, easily yeah. <laughs> taken anything he wanted. Yeah. Because nobody was home and nobody knew about it. And all he, he needed to do was hit that screwdriver to the left. Yeah, the everybody latch. knew how to <laughs> yeah, open yeah. up that, <laughs> that makeshift gate. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he, he took his stuff, and that was the last we heard of him to this day. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's never popped up on social media. He's never been. I'm the Drew. I, my last name is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Foreign Objects. Yeah, yeah. He's never popped up. No, he's probably in jail. Probably <laughs> in jail or dead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you have those kinds of problems so young, I mean, either you get a totally, you, yeah, your you, life is a, totally made over into something new, or you just escalate until you die. Right. I guess. So maybe he's dead. <laughs> Drew, Drew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember it was it was Zinsky. I think it was Drew Przinsky, but it could be Prods it Przins. I don't know what, but we eventually called him "Take My Stuff and Leave Ski." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that was the end. So, so then Foreign Objects was pretty much you and Jess, and then whoever would kind of fill in. But you, you pretty much you played bass and all this stuff on the albums, right? Or yes, yeah. There's actually the beginning of the song Far Cry Behind. I don't know if your listeners give a shit about any of this, but the beginning <laughs> of that song is me for 10 seconds. All just me. I play I play the drums in the beginning until the acoustic guitar yeah. and then it kicks in and then it's just but me and Jess did it and you know he, he, we had rehearsed so much that it became so important to us. Yeah. That when we, when we saved up enough money to go in and record, it was like one of the greatest things ever. And there were obstacles, you know, certainly not, you know, April and Phil were completely supportive of us. Right. You know, we were playing at like four in the morning. Oh, I know. Like yeah. And their neighbors, it was like, I don't even know if there were ever conversations between the neighbors. Like, could you maybe get them to play earlier? Like, I, I just imagine <laughs> April saying, no, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, nope, that's what they're doing. Right, yeah. that's what they're doing, and I, I, I can't, I can't help you there. You're just gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> I mean, aside from the shit factory across the street, yeah, 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 gets so bad during the summer. Oh my god, yeah, I can still hot, smell humid it. shit. <laughs> Yeah, right across the street. I I remember I used to joke as like, I'm going to go take a shit on your toilet and I'm going to race my shit over to the plant <laughs> see if I can beat it there. <laughs> that place yeah. was disgusting. Oh, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> it was so gross. Jess used to call the police. <laughs> oh, because it smelled so bad. Yeah. Call the police. They would call the police. <laughs> because like... It wasn't supposed to stink that much. Yeah. You know, that house on Valley Drive. Was it Valley Drive? Concord? Concord. Yeah. On yeah. South Concord. South Concord. Yeah. Um, it it was unbelievable. Those those shit processing plants aren't <laughs> supposed to smell that bad. They are supposed to stink. <laughs> that was fucking but gross. But you could seriously like throw a dead body behind there, and no oh, one yeah, yeah, ever yeah. found it. Yeah, and especially those those railroad tracks back there. It's yeah, like, it's like it's you like, just expect it to smell so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that it was a perfect place to hide a body. <laughs> Maybe that's why it smelled. I Just don't know. Throw them right in the shit, the shit plant thing that uh, that that Dunn jumped into. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Did he get really sick from that? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it wasn't a good move. But uh, okay, so so you're playing with foreign objects, and then is that where like then you kind of changed it into oil, or or did you or like or do you started a the whole another thing was oil. Well, what happened was um, I started a relationship because I wrote a letter to Metal Maniacs, which was a big metal, metal magazine that was in every magazine shop, every bookstore. It was a big magazine. And I wrote a letter into, into them, and they printed it. And basically, it was me ranting about how all my favorite bands were getting dropped from the label. Yeah. Um, which were Pestilence, Atrocity, Gore Guts, Annihilator, Malevolent Creation. Um, they, Roadrunner just decided in 1993, the end of 1993, Immolation, Cynic, all these bands are done. We're not doing them anymore. Just Which because... meant back then, before the internet, when a label dropped a band, it meant this band doesn't sell. So the chances of that band getting another deal with the reputation of not being right. marketable were slim. So it pretty much was like getting dropped from a record company back then was pretty much you're done. Yeah. So when all my favorite bands that were active got dropped because they were making money, they just weren't raking it in, you know. Right. I wrote this nasty letter saying dropping all these great bands and replacing them with shitty bands. And that started my relationship with Monty Connor, who's the yeah. vice president of, who was the vice president of A and R at Roadrunner, and he wrote me this six-page handwritten letter explaining wow. each circumstance of each band. When Malevolent Creation, their singer was an alcoholic, and and blah blah blah, and Immolation, we tried to get them to do a new record, but they refused. They're not doing one. They're not working on one. Pestilence changed their sound too much. You know, he gave all this stuff and I wrote back and it went back and forth for a long time until we realized that we were being cordial yeah eventually like I, I became interested in what he was saying and then he was interested in what I was saying and we went back and forth and back and forth and we still do that to this day 
on email and Facebook. He'll yeah. say something, and I'll say, are you kidding me? This is what happened. Blah, 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 blah. We still do that. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, got, I, I got a relationship with him. I sent him uh, – I didn't have any new material because this end-up was broken up, and he already said Foreign Objects was really cool, but it just wasn't in style. It wasn't going to sell anything. Yeah. And he was right. I mean, you know. So now that I had this connection – in the music industry, like this straight connection. It wasn't like there was a middleman or anything. It was like me to him. Yeah. You know, we rushed this, t this commercial updated modern metal that was in at the time, like bands like Pantera and Machine Head and uh, Prong, bands yeah. like that. We tried to sound like that. Now, when I try to do something that I don't like musically, it does not turn out right. I mean, it's impossible to do that. I think right. even with anything you're you're doing, it's like if you're not into it. Yeah, people that direct movies that don't like the movie genre they're doing. Yeah, I don't know why they do it because right. they end up making all these continuity mistakes, especially if it's a sequel. If I did a Halloween sequel, I would make sure that every single thing that ever happened was still, you know, if he had been stabbed in the shoulder and three parts ago, there'd be a scar there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Shush, hush. But that's besides the point. Um, no, but it, I mean, but it's true though. Like if you're if you're not into it, like you, you can tell. Like someone listening to it can tell. Like your heart's not in it, right? If, with music, so you, so you. That I, I mean, a, they could really tell. Yeah, like for, you felt like that was an experience where you're like, I'm trying to do this because somebody else says I'm supposed to do this. Well, at, at the time back then, before the internet, and I have to say that every time to remind everybody because it's really hard to remember life without the internet. But before the internet, when you had a direct connection with somebody at a record label, everyone knew about it. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? So, Monty Connor t flat out told me, this is what you have to do to get signed. You have to make up music that you might not like, but that's fashionable at the time. Basically, he was saying, do your best within your talents to mold what you do into what sells. Right. Well, I was so, you know, pretty much obsessed with early 90s death metal, the technical stuff. Yeah. That when I tried to do something simple, I was sick. I had the flu. I tried to sing on it. It just turned out so bad. And we planned a trip to New York because April wanted us to go to Berkeley music college yeah which we did but that's a whole other story yeah yeah for a week yeah yeah i remember <laughs> um she thought april thought that when you graduated a music school you were signed by a record company okay she didn't understand right that's not how it works yeah it was just the parental like uh, i think you're supposed to do this she right? wanted just to go to college she yeah. didn't want to playing in a bit in the basement with me right who <clears throat> was not going to school i was going to school i was going to community college just to stay on my dad's health insurance. Right. And me and Scott Peppel would play Bust a Move while the classes <laughs> were going on. So as long as I was in school, I was, my, I was health insured. Yeah. Um, so we made this crappy tape known as the Lifeline demo. And it, some kids like it. I don't know why, but it sounds terrible. And I'll never forget... On the way to Berkeley, we stopped at the New York City office at Roadrunner, and I played it for him, and he shut it off. 
Like, Jesus. First, he turned it down, and I was like, well, turn it up so you can hear it. He's like, no, they don't let us play music loud in here. And it was so <laughs> full of shit. I was like, okay. I, I thought that we had something. Yeah. But he flat out said, you can't sing. And you can't do everything in a band. It's just the two of you. Right. This is not a band. You're trying to sing. You're trying to do everything. I, well, why would I want to work with this? And he was so straight up with it that it was like devastating. But it also said, it also made me think, you're telling me I can't fucking sing and I never will be able to? So it like motivated you in a way. Right. Yeah. You could see where it went. So I guess the key to everything is just you don't give up no matter who tells you you suck. But you have to be honest with yourself. If you are doing something and you're not good at it, you know. But if you're if if you if you think that you're onto something and you can and you can improve on it, then why give up on it? Right. You know? Because most people do give up. And that leaves room for the people that persevere and succeed. Right. And I feel like, but you, but you said you got to love it because if you love it, then even if you are, someone's telling you you're not good and you feel like you have it a little bit, like if you love it, you'll just keep going after it. Right. But if you Without don't. Without even noticing. But imagine if you're just trying to play some other genre that you're not into, then you're not going to, you're not going to work as hard as you did towards the direction of the music that you you know, it keep, kept creating because you love that. And even if you're not great at it, you're like, I'm going to keep working at this. Right. But if it's like, oh, play some hokey pop song, you're like, fuck that. Right. Well, you wouldn't ever. But plus, I didn't know how to. It. I mean, I, I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, perfected my style of songwriting yet. I didn't know the, the kind of music I listened to was not verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. It was just verse, verse, bridge. Verse, bridge, weird bridge, another riff. And then, you know, some of the stuff I like, none of the parts ever repeated. Right. You know? So I had trouble with songwriting when I was writing alternative rock, you know. And that resulted in the gold tape and the name, the band Oil. And we played a lot. And we made 300 of those gold tapes and they all sold. No, I remember, I like, I remember thinking back to like just the flyers and stuff. For yeah. Like, we used I mean, to plaster them everywhere. Playing in Philly at all those like, you know, clubs and bars. Doc Watson's, yeah, yeah. Uh, upstairs at Nick's. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Pontiac Grill. Yep. Rex's. All those places. We were passionate about playing and promoting ourselves, but we I didn't like our music. I don't know yeah. if anyone else did or not, but I didn't like what we were doing. And I just kept remembering I was badgering people to tell me, do you think this is good enough? Do you think I'm, I'm, I'm singing good enough? And Rich Vose was <laughs> yeah. like, who had been in this end up and was, wasn't in a band anymore. And he was like, shut up. <laughs> it is what it is. It's fine. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know if this is good or not because I didn't like what I was doing. So, yeah, it's, you know, it, it did suck. It was generic and it was stupid and it didn't sound pop at all. Yeah. And it didn't get any reaction, really. But we did a lot of playing, you know. So what led, because like, I guess what I, I mean, you know, I've known you forever, obviously through my brother and then through, you know, all the same similar <laughs> friends. But, but like, 
And I've known that you're a huge horror movie fan, like he, the biggest that I know. Yeah. And probably. like, I mean, you're <laughs> the collection that you have is insane. And like, and just the wealth of knowledge of all of those movies, like you could literally like recite them from start to finish mm-hmm. on all of these. And I guess what I'm wondering is what led you to kind of make the connection of like the love you have for those movies and kind of mold that into your music. Like, because, I mean, if if you think about, like, you know, I would think that CKY is sort of, you know, Can't Kill Yourself. It's the theme of horror mm-hmm. genre, and, and it's like this horror rock sort of thing. I don't know if you can ever name it as a genre or whatever, but, like, but you feel that. And, I feel, like, in, in, the, in the songs and lyrics and things like that, it's like these little mini movies that yeah. happen. Well, I was trying to write, like, short stories. Yeah. And so and like and so that's what I feel like. Like what led to that? Because like oil or foreign objects wasn't that way. But then it like I mean, were you finding that throughout that? And then it became like okay, this is the moment where I realized like that's my writing style. There was a moment. Yeah, there was a moment. It was when I, I had you know, Monty at Roadrunner rejected the oil tape, calling it, you know, alternative rock isn't even selling anymore, and it was just not even. And then I got rejected from another uh, label named Cherry Lane Music. Um, they rejected it, and I said, why? And they said, there's just nothing of interest. And I knew that there was nothing of interest because I wasn't interested in it. Right. You know? I mean, and it, and it showed. So what I said, there was a point where I actually said out loud, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take what I like about rock music and what I like about horror and subject matter that I know about, and I'm gonna mesh the two together. And I said, I had to say, what do I like visually? What do I like audibly? You know, audit. And I said, I don't care. You know, I have to do what I want to do because if I don't, then I'm just gonna be trying to chase trends, and I'm not gonna get anywhere. Right. So. I said, what do I like about rock music? Well, I like Kiss. I like riffs. I like, you know, from the death metal thing, I took single note riffs, which most death metal is single note riffs usually. And I slowed them down. And I went out and I bought this guitar pedal. I had a few guitar pedals, but there was this one, Brown Octave OC2, OC1. Um... Went out and bought it for 80 bucks at Westchester Music, you know, and it made, when I stepped on it, it made the single notes that I was hitting, like, double in sound. Make, sound making it sound like you're strumming the whole guitar. Yeah, like, but so, you're just... Right, but I was hitting one string and one note, and it made it sound so big and fat that I was like, I'm going to use this on everything that I use. Yeah. Like, everything that I write. And... That's what happened. Like, I I thought maybe I was doing something that people were going to think was, you know, pathetic and annoying. Like, eventually it was going to be like, I'll turn that thing off. (laughs) But it sounded good with all the songs that we started to write, you know? And it caught on. Like, it just, it sounded good. When we demoed stuff, it made the demo sound fatter. When we played live, it made the band sound yeah, because I, I think it was just three people. So 
to have the octave pedal on made it made it sound like there was two guitar players in a way. So eventually, people became you know that's that's their sound that that sound whatever it is. And, and this was under "Can't Kill Yourself," or yeah. this was this okay. was after I decided okay this after I have oil. to wipe the slate yeah. clean. Yeah, yeah. You know I have to. I have to find out what I really want to do, and I have to. De- de- I didn't consciously say I have to develop my own s- style, but I said, it, left to my own devices, if I had to come up with my own shit, without any worrying about getting signed right. or who, this, what would it sound like? And that's what happened. Yeah. And that songs like Knee Deep and yeah. Rio Bravo and Promiscuous Daughter and Disengage Simulator and Ninety Six Bitter Beings. Those songs all came out of that attitude of what would I do if everybody was going to love whatever I did yeah that was my attitude like let's pretend that if I do this everybody's going to love it what would it sound like and that's how I truly found that style which it's not entirely original I did nobody's entirely original everybody borrows a little yeah yeah you borrow the best of you you borrow the best elements of all your interests all your right your influences so it just became something unique and then you know the cky thing happened yeah and and I, you know what i was thinking about when you were saying because this this always interests me like when you were saying like okay one note one string and you got this this pedal that made it sound fatter like you always played with four strings mm-hmm. you would like lose those two and i don't know if that was just like um like a period of time that you, you know, that you were like, I like it this way and this is the way I want to play it. Or if you've, if you've been six and then you went to four and then you went back to six or whatever. But I always wondered what was like the inspiration for going, Hey, I'm going to lose these two strings and go right in this. Like, well, for any guitar players out there, there are three wounded gauge strings, the low ones that are really heavy and thick in their, you know? Yeah. And then there's the three that are kind of like piano wire. Right. Like that have a really ing, ing yeah, sound yeah. to them. That's for lead guitar playing, like shredding. Right, right. <laughs> Those strings are for that. I, was, I am not a good lead guitar player. To this day, if I'm going to do a solo on something, I have to write it out part by part. Yeah. And then it takes me a long time to, to get it down on tape. So I figured if I'm not going to be playing these strings that are annoying <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you accidentally hit them, yeah, I don't use them in my riffs. Right. I don't use them in the songs. Why well, have them? Getting rid of the two bottom strings made it easier to play, to get around the, the guitar, right. the neck of the guitar. I didn't have to worry about accidentally hitting it, those little two strings. Plus, the worst string on the guitar is the G string. It's the fourth string. It's the first one that's not wound usually. And it's so annoying <laughs> yeah. if it's not wound. There are, are wound G strings. This is so boring for anybody that has no idea. No, no, but it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. G strings are like they can either be not the not the things that girls wear. G strings the the, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the G string on a guitar is is a bing get kind of string, but you can get a wound version of it that sounds like ring. Yeah. It's more f- clear. Right. So I wanted to get rid of that unwound G and I found 
It was very hard. It's very hard to find them, but they do make wound G strings that sound so much better because even when a, when a, when an unwound G string is in tune, it still sounds out of tune. So when you play a, a riff like '96 Bitter Beings, like the that's on the G string, and the that's the G string. If it's not wound, it's not, it's like, it sounds like this. Yeah. If you have a wound one. It sounds like what it sounds like on the recording. Right. It sounds as fat as the the wound strings. See, well, that yeah, <laughs> dude. Well, that that's fascinating to me. Like, and I, only you. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like, I, I love music. Um, I'm not a musician, but I I I love music so much. So I I love to. Th- just like listen to the mind of a musician and how you clearly have spent so much time listening to the different sounds and you're so immersed in that that it like that you think that through and then figure that out and that that's fascinating to me because i mean i like making movies i like doing camera stuff and like and i'm a nerd for cameras Mm -hmm. like and and i love to just kind of fart around see what's going on with that and like that i get addicted and obsessed with that but to hear it from you like with with guitars is it's just like well as you could as you just heard it took me a very long time to tell that story and the problem is is because i'm not a gearhead yeah, I I rehearsed last night and had a problem because I didn't have a wound G. Oh yeah, and we were in tune, but every time we played something with a G on it, I sound my guitar sounded bad to me. Yeah, so I have to take care of that problem. I have to go out and buy some wound G strings. Yeah, but do I remember what amp I used? No. <laughs> yeah, right. Do I remember the name? Do I know the wattage? Do I know? The features, but you know the Absolutely. sound, and you know what that was. Well, I know can, the sound. Yeah, I never went to the lengths of how do you fix this, or how do you make this, how do you how do you make the right. guitar, how do you make the why is this fret buzzing? Oh, I know, I know how to fix it. People that fix things, and I think the people that are really interested in fixing guitars probably can't really play them that well. In most cases. Yeah. But that's that's a whole different thing. Well, it's like if you can't do it, teach or whatever, like that kind of mindset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. But I mean, I mean, there, there are, you know, there's there's use for that. There's use for that knowledge of, of repairing guitars. And, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that shred like crazy, that know how to fix their guitar. They know what's wrong with it when something's not right. They know how to solder the wires inside. They take it apart, put it back together. In most cases, those people are limited in artistically and creatively creatively what they can do with the guitar. Yeah, like technically good, but creatively hard to write their own stuff. Well, so, okay, so you mentioned rehearsing last night Mm -hmm. so and that's for 96 bitter Mm -hmm. beings and uh so i want to talk a little bit about that because you have two albums coming out um and i want to try to try to hear more of that later this afternoon pressure you into doing that but uh, but i maybe uh, we can make it interesting and and play a track yeah no yeah that that would be awesome um we'll see because yeah so yeah (laughs) but uh but so you have campaign which is coming out Mm -hmm. and that is uh and that is that like explain that a little bit that's for for all the people that helped kind of make that happen pretty much okay um so like well uh, like you wouldn't be able to get it if you like well yeah you know after after i was done with cky um i did an acoustic record yeah 
and I did a fundraiser for that because I didn't have a record company. So right, so you did the crowdsourcing. I did. Yeah. I and they were very supportive. And I said, you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna give me you know the financial support that I'm gonna need to make this record, then I'm gonna acknowledge you, you know. And people, you know, I said I'll put your name in the, the CD booklet. Yeah. And that really like strung a chord with people. Like they wanted to see their name in, yeah. in the thing. And I, you know, I just kept doing that. We did another 20th anniversary of Foreign Objects eventually came along. And yeah. I said, I, I want to do a new Foreign Objects record. So we did the crowdfunding thing, raised all the money we needed, put everybody's name in, made limited edition CDs, put them out, and it sold really well. It still does well. It's streaming a lot, and it does pretty good. What happened was, though, in between the campaign of raising the money and sending out the CDs, the price of shipping doubled. Oh, yeah. So I actually had to eat a lot of, you know, I had to put a lot of my own money into shipping because the post office is in such bad shape. Well, they were anyway. They were in such bad shape that they kept raising their prices. So every time I charged a certain amount for shipping a CD, it went up t double. You know, yeah. it used to be eight dollars to send a CD to Europe. Now it's like fifteen, sixteen, fifty, something like that. Dude, I know. Well, that's I did something stupid the other day. I I like went on Instagram and was like, hey, the first few people that like say this will get a free DVD of like Borrowed Happiness or Hot Dog Casserole, the things I made. Mm -hmm. And then they did it, and then everyone was from like England, and so I was like, oh shit! So yeah. Then I had to pay like fifteen bucks yeah. each one to put it out, and I, then I like left. I was like one hundred and seventy-five dollars later. I'm like, fuck! It's ridiculous, man. <laughs> so I was like, I, I gave away these free things, and I just wanted to do that quick. And I'm like, I because I didn't even think that it'll be people from over there. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it'll be local. I'll be like, oh, I'll give away ten of them. It'll be like thirty bucks. Who cares? And then it was like. Everyone was like from England, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I, 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 yeah. And you know what? That that is that's happened to me as well. Like yeah. I've offered, you know, the first person that gives me this answer, I'm sending them something. But yeah. I knew I would probably have to pay some money out for that. Cause yeah, you don't know where they're coming from. Yeah. But the post office is. I mean, it it's happened to me almost every time. Like if I'm gonna do a vinyl, it takes six to eight months to do yeah. one title on vinyl. Yeah. So. I do a pre-order, okay? Right now to ship a record to Europe, it's about 1250. So, plus the vinyl charge 20. So, anyone overseas is going to have to pay 3250. Right. But I'll sign it and I'll do, you know, um, it's, you know, it's limited edition, it's colored, you know, it's worth it. I put bonus tracks on there. It's worth it to for the $32 for the people overseas. Eight months later, when the record finally arrives, it's now twenty three dollars to send. A <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, Oops. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So, okay, so that was what made you feel like when when you kind of did that crowdsource, that crowdfunding thing. You were like, all right, I want to be able to recognize the people that helped along the way, and mm -hmm. that's what the record campaign is amazing amazing support and when i look at the names of the people like on galactic prey compared to um acoustified acoustic record 
there's new names. There's like, yeah, it's it's different, and a lot of new people are coming on board. I I'm not a social media freak. I don't have a Twitter. I don't have an Instagram. Right. I do have those things, but I just don't run them. Right. I don't. Never been on Instagram. Yeah. I don't understand. I still don't know to this day what it is. It just you became just put a photo the, yeah. up and it just became like it was like MySpace was the thing, then Facebook was the thing, then Facebook I could get, then Facebook. Twitter was the thing, and then now Instagram's the thing. Because I think what happened was on Facebook there would be too many like. Ah, uh, Bobby broke up with me last night. I just didn't deserve it. And then all these people, like, <laughs> you know, like they go, I just didn't deserve it. They, they, they like go on rants about all that nonsense. And I think then Twitter like shortened it so you couldn't like, l- like let all that crap out, you know. And then Instagram shortened it even further to like it's just a photo. And then you can put like a link in your bio, like, hey, if you want to buy this album of the photo of that album like go to this link and it'll take you to that link. So it's just, it just shortened like, you know, what's her mm-hmm. name bitching about Bobby breaking up with her. Like, so it just kind of, I feel like that's all that really but that stuff you it. can ignore. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have a Facebook if it, if it wasn't so easy to use being in a band. Right. It's right. Perfect right. for being in a band. Yeah. Because you can send people links and all kinds of stuff. It's limitless what you can do on Facebook. Yeah. You can answer questions. Remember, we used to have Ask CKY, and it was like, oh, yeah. you submit a question. Now yeah. people just ask you questions right on your Facebook, and you answer them. Well, and I think, yeah, and I think what happened was they developed those other, the other sites became more because people didn't want all of like that, you know? But, but I hear what you're saying. Like, because even when MySpace was in, like, dude, it was easy to make your own website. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you went to Facebook, and it was like, oh, I can't really do what I did over there. That sucks. And, but for some reason, MySpace was no longer, you know, but you're like, it was cool because you basically were just given a free website to then create whatever you want on there. Right. And then now it, it still yeah. exists, probably. Yeah. But I mean, people don't use it, you know, so like there really is a MySpace.com still. Yeah, I think so. And, but I think it just is like the abandoned like amusement park, you know, like That's where interesting. like if you I think go back, now is a good time to start on MySpace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect time to, to get on MySpace. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be people working there. I, I mean, I guess so because I remember at one point they were trying to like revamp it, but uh, but it just didn't like take. But um, yeah, I don't know. But then Facebook became the thing, and then now yeah, now Instagram is where like what I find is that like that's where people will find stuff that I'm doing. I I link it to like this podcast or I link it to other things on there because it like that's where people are going right now. But um well, Facebook bothers me because they only allow you 5,000 friends. Right. I don't understand why. You know, cuz you have to change it to a public uh public figure type of uh page. So that you can well, we have do it. have yeah, yeah. yeah, we do have one for the band that that has you know you can click and follow it, but yeah, I mean I but have your to personal yeah, like they limit people you. that yeah and unfriend them right just to get other ones yeah right so I I don't I don't understand that so anyway so so um so campaign is the is the album that you you will basically be it's kind of like a gift to everybody that's helped kind of make uh synergy restored happen and or is that it's like... not really a gift it's it's really like uh i've been given the gift 
You know, they they sent, you know. Right, but I mean for like the fans that that help, they're they're, they're getting, getting the physical. That. Yeah. You know, I a lot of people that I talk to are still in the physical formats for music, and a lot of people that are fans of of ours are into physical formats. Yeah. They're discovering vinyl. They're just, they still buy CDs. You know, and the record companies still are selling a lot of vinyl and CDs to a whole new audience of people. The piracy isn't as bad as it used to be. You right. Know, there is a there is an increase in um, music sales from vinyl and C- some CDs still. But CDs are phasing out. I think it's just going to be vinyl and streaming, which is fine. Right. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Vinyl, streaming, occasional cassette just for nostalgia fun, but... Right. Um, so I said, you know, this is what we need to make these two albums. The problem is when I put out um, Galactic Prey, the Foreign Objects record, um, there was a label that wanted to put it out. But I said, okay, I'll put it out and then I'll license it to you. And they're like, well, that's not going to work because once it's out, everyone has it. So. I realized that's true. Record company doesn't want a record that's already out. Like, yeah. Okay, let me sell my couple thousand and then I'll give it to you. I did that with Acusified on Megaforce Record. Megaforce Records picked up my my acoustic record. Yeah. And in order to you know make that worthy, you know, in order to make that worth the time, I put a whole new album's worth of material on there that people hadn't heard. Oh, yeah. So they were getting half of something they already had and a half. Nice. Of. But, I mean, it's still... I don't, I don't know what the numbers are on that, but, I mean, once a record comes out in any way, I could put all of our music up online right now and totally ruin it for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had to... I came up with this idea that a lot of people thought that was, that was you know, original, and it, it could be part of the future of you know, underground independent rock bands is that you get your fans to, to, to help chip in, to make two records, one that's just going to be for them and one that's going to be released to everybody. Right. So we went in, we got, we started the campaign, get it, the campaign. Yeah. Some kid just said the other day, I just finally got it. (laughs) Yeah. Campaign is from the campaign that you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I finally, quick one. And I, yeah, yeah. You know, you, I've been, you know, you, there's times when everyone's absent-minded enough to not put something together. Yeah, it's yeah. It's really obvious. But <laughs> that one, I think, is stretching it. But that's funny. Um, so we did like 50 songs or something. We had all kinds of perks. We had, we'll record your song. We'll record a song that you already know. We'll do... We'll re-record a song that is ours, yeah. or we'll update Tunnel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. We had all these perks and got most of them done so far. Finished campaign. Finished Synergy. Synergy's waiting for a release from a, a real label, and campaign is right now at the pressing plant. And nice. Me and my friend Matt Sweeney, we the photography, the artwork. I designed the logo and Travis Smith um, refined it, made it, you know, yeah, 
geometrically correct. And um, I just the attitude is I'm just going to do what I like. And if you're doing what you like, it's because there's something about it. And that's why you like it. And if you like it, then there's going to be other people that will like it. That goes for anything. No, I know. I mean, that, that's a, the exact – like the same thought that I've had too because um, – you know, after doing the jackass stuff and doing those things for a little bit, everyone's like, Rad, why don't you shit on things? And you're like, I- I'm kind of like interested in doing other things right now. And so that's what it's been like. <laughs> really? <laughs> but no. that's what it's been like, you know, like with doing the the podcast thing. And then also like, um, you know, I was talking to, I'm talking to a kid about trying to do some animation stuff. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then. Throw film, it up, film, you bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never laughed so hard in my life. <laughs> and then like you know and then just doing other little things that you're interested in and i think it's been it's been nice in that way to get back to like dude i'm just doing this because i like it because i feel mm-hmm. like when you know obviously with what you were saying like you know even just along the, the the path of your musical life like i i hear it in the point where when you actually just were like fuck it i'm gonna do what i like that's when things started to work mm-hmm. and and then along the way they're always going to be like you know people and they're trying to influence and hey this is how you could make more this is what you could do there's a legal area over there like well you should do this and you know and then there's always like that shit and i feel like that hurts the the creative process for whatever it is you're doing whether it's music or filmmaking or whatever and and so getting back to that i think is the most important thing well that's what's so great about advice is that you can choose to hear and take what, whatever you want. Yeah. There are people that are going to tell you all kinds of things. Yeah. There is a point where you lie to yourself and you say, I don't care what anybody thinks. And, you, and oh, yeah, a right, lot of right. people say that. And they're <laughs> yeah. lying because if you don't care about what some, if you don't like something, it's really puzzling to me, but I understand it. It's like people that hate me will spend more time trying to get in touch with me than somebody (laughs) that loves me and just leaves me alone. Right, right, right. And that is not hate. Right, yeah. So everybody (laughs) says, oh, the hater's online, the hater's online. Someone who hates you and doesn't like what you're doing probably doesn't know about you. That or they'll actually just move on. Yeah, move on. Like, Like, I'm not on Puddle of Mud's website. Saying, God, it wasn't, she fucking hates me, such a terrible song. You guys suck, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't enter my mind. Right. If somebody says, do you like that band Puddle of Mud? I'd say no. I don't. Right. If if the song is on, I'll turn it off. But there's got to be a reason why I would go and Yeah, like you're going to waste your time. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Why would I do that? So it's like with the internet, the new thing is love is in two forms since the internet started because you have direct access to the person you want to talk to right and saying something positive is usually you know what they're used to like if i wanted to get in touch with madonna or something yeah saying oh you look so pretty in a who's that girl video i'm more likely to get a response if i say you're so ugly now right age terribly that gap in your teeth is so ridiculously stupid i'm more likely if she does care what people think i'm gonna get a response right it took a long time for me to stop responding to people that were 
trying to piss me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I mean, for me, I've never done it, and uh, I'd I never responded. You because... really? Because you, uh, people <laughs> like, would tell me, "Why do you care what these people think?" And I'd be like, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah. But now, like, I'm, I stopped lying to myself, and I really understand that that's just a part of the internet. Right. It's just a part of well sorting it out because there's a there's a, a guy did that the other day. He was like all this stuff, and then like I I guess I read it, but I didn't look. He goes, oh. You read it, but you didn't respond. Like, no wonder why only a certain amount of people like your shit. Like, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, damn, that was. And I wrote back. I was like, and I've never written back. I, but I did. I wrote back. On, so it did get it. It on, did irk you on the message. <laughs> I never did it in a in the public forum, but I did it on the message I wrote. I was like, damn, that was a really bipolar answer or whatever. And he was like, it got an, it got a response, and yeah. I was like, and then I never wrote back again after that because I was like, that was the only time I ever like got it. like. Not to say that it doesn't irk me. It totally irks me, but I stop myself from writing. Right. Because like – But like, that's, that's, that, yeah. that's what, where I was. Yeah, like I'd have it on YouTube. So I make the hot dog thing. Like you know hot dog casserole. You were in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like it's just me trying to learn how to direct right. things and it sucked. But And I knew that. But I was – There are people like, that like it. But Right, but I just – I had fun. Right. And learned, and that was the purpose of it. And then there'll be people on there going, dude, stop doing this dumb shit. Like, like it was the biggest yeah, thing like, in your like, career. Yeah. And I'm like, I, all right, should I just stop? Well, we, 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 <laughs> I think we forget that yeah. when we do stuff, it isn't just our friends right. that hear it. Well, that's what it used to be. And right. then, and then it after, after the wave of all of that time Every period. single thing that we did was put under a microscope. Yeah. By people we didn't know, right? And we, and we didn't know how to handle the negativity, you know. And it it's hard. I mean, I like ha, like it's hard for anybody to just go. Hey, someone's saying this, and I'm like, I, I don't even know who it is, but you have an opinion about that, like. I it does. It makes you question, like, shit. I don't should. I mean, but the best place but, to be, the best place to be, mine, and, and you know in your head is where I'm at now. Like I finally can read something terribly untrue <laughs> yeah, and yeah. horrible about me and not care. Well, like, and, and just it, detach really hard it, yeah. to get to that place. Yeah. And now that I realize that that's just part of the internet, like you can't argue with these people because oh, right. the more time you spend on them, the more they're going to say, I'm actually in an argument <laughs> with like my favorite yeah, yeah, person. yeah, 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 you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just you it's have such to a realize weird every thing. single yeah. there isn't one person. Mother Teresa probably has people that say "fuck you" to her. Oh, right. definitely, yeah, yeah. There's just not one person that doesn't have haters, and it's really annoying to listen to, to podcasts and to uh, streamers on YouTube and all these people that address their haters so much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like. We all have them. Yeah. Don't. Why? I mean, and people used to say, "Why does it bother you?" I don't know. The best place to be is where I am now, where I can be happy and confident about what I do. Right. And if people want to argue about how much I suck, or whatever, whatever, yeah. let them do it. That's yeah, fine. exactly. Just talk about me. Yeah. Fine. No, exactly. And I think, and and that's a good spot because it it brings you back to that place where you go, you know what? I'm doing this for myself, but also like for your bandmates. And mm -hmm. same way when I'm I'm filming things now, I'm like, I just want to make my friends laugh. And you're like, I just want to make awesome music with with my bandmates. And 
that creates this like positive good mm -hmm. thing i think that then it's like you know then you get awesome music because i mean i've heard uh, i you you put out i think one song mm -hmm. so far and the one that we thought was the the weakest yeah and it's awesome so i mean <laughs> but i i had heard some little inklings of songs maybe a couple years ago or whatever you had a couple things that you were you were you were messing around with but they you hadn't like fully developed them and i was just like damn this is awesome and it's that next level thing and it's going to this like next part of the evolution of your of your music you know and and i and i then i heard that song and was like damn this is fucking awesome and and we uh, weren't even gonna put that on e either one of the albums that's why so I it was like it. kind of a but yeah the, well because i listened to monty connor's opinion yeah you know still yeah I don't know why somebody. This is this is something I need to figure out. Why do I care so much about that man's opinion? No, I you respect because, him. On well, that I respect level, yeah. him so much because he picked from the entire world all my favorite bands. Yeah, right. And it's funny because musically we have nothing in common taste-wise, but he sat, he found Gorguts in Canada, he found Malevolent Creation in Buffalo, he found uh, Atrocity in Germany. Yeah. He found pestilence in the Netherlands, you know, like, and that's, I mean, he's, you know, we're all getting up in age and he doesn't work at Roadrunner anymore. But, you know, it was funny that we, we did eventually end up working with him and we signed with Roadrunner and we did Carver City and everybody there hated us except for him. So yeah. the whole thing went to shit and we broke up a million times and. The album did okay. I mean, yeah. toured at a lot more places than ever with it, and it got released more places than ever. But it was, it didn't come close to even the performance of the record before it. But that's when I started to realize this is this has gone as far as it can go. You know. And yeah. But that's what I don't care who you are when you're working on something and you're doing it and you love it and it gets to a certain point and you're working with other people that are different from you and are sometimes difficult to tolerate when you see the energy level decrease and the interest decrease you can't help but feel like okay if we're only if our only option is to fall i'm gonna pull the cord Right, and the parachute's gonna come up. Well, and and yeah, also like, just like finding that new direction, I feel like I've, I you hear that with like I don't know I like as far as musically, like for me, like I'll think of Neil Young in terms of him going, I'm going that way. Like, oh, you think that I'm supposed to play with Crazy Horse? Well, then fuck that, I'm going over here. Like, right. I feel like there's some level of that like is a healthy thing is to kind of cut the cord go and go in a new direction so you can find that new energy in the music because like if it's getting stale and it's feeling that way then yeah you got to go that new direction well and i regardless never i don't think the, the music stuff, i don't think the, the cky sound got stale i think no no, no, no not the sound being, no the, exactly the, the sound is still yeah, legit yeah but what i think no, the energy of what's creating it, whether it be people or the, the environment or whatever, like just shifting that. It just became too difficult. Right. I mean, we all know that, but I, I'm saying more like now you find a new environment, new people, new energy, and, it, and it's, like, it, it's like a new 
birth right. and like a and like a boost of energy to like feel like okay i'm going and i'm going to continue the direction of music like i feel like what i'm saying is like with with neil young seemed like he did that where it's like it's nothing against anybody or whatever if there's differences it's like i mean it's a marriage everyone's had their whole life of all that like we all understand that part of it but you get to climb the ladder again yeah you just had to go that, that was the way. fun part right building building the band up right to where to its peak was so much fun yeah. Because along the way, you're imagining all these things that could happen. But right. then when you're on your way down, those opportunities start to – they're not there anymore. Right, and it's almost so, like, toxic to start over to yeah. be like, oh, like I'm not going to be there. And, like, and you're always like nudging for that, and that's – yeah, that I feel like kills it. Right. You know, but, but, but the rebirth of like – Damn, I'm going in this direction because I feel it with just having fun on the podcast and then going to film little like skits with some friends and do that stuff. Like I'm like, yeah, this is where it was because it was like fun. Like it was fun like this back in the day, and then it became work. Yeah, and then that's not fun, (laughs) you know. And and regardless of whatever it it helps you financially in those times, it was great. And I'm not trying to hate on those times because they were they were great. And I was able to look at that and look back at it and feel that way at a time. Well, that's a good thing because yeah. most people do not do not take the time to remember what they've done. Yeah. And they get addicted to what are they going to do next? Yeah. And, and, and some of that is healthy to be looking for, but then, but then, but not to like fully cancel out right. what you've done. A lot of know? people do that. You know, I, I, every day I think about the things that, that we did and the things that we achieved yeah, and I don't forget them. Like, well, yeah, it's awesome. Like, it's it's yeah. cool. You yeah. know, the past is. I mean, you want to forget bad things that happened in the past, but the past is like part of your life. It still exists, and it's out there. And that's what's so great about music is that, and filming and and art and stuff is that it outlives you. It's the more you do, the more you leave behind after you're gone. Yeah. So, you know, for this, for ninety six bitter beings, I wanted to take something familiar, which is our most one of the most popular songs I ever wrote and name the band that and start climbing that ladder again. Yeah, that exactly. Fun ladder of like, there was 20 people at the show the next day there was 40. Yeah. Like, you know, the, that growth instead of saying there was 40 people tonight, but and then there was 20 people the next day. <laughs> yeah. You're right, right, you right. Know, it's better to, yeah. to think this is gonna, this could go somewhere. Yeah. Other than saying this is nowhere has nowhere else to go. And in some ways, when we were just talking about the past and the future, it's like you're looking towards the future with that, and in that you're just reminiscing in the past and staying stuck there. Right. You know, and and it's it, so it's fun to kind of yeah just have that new that new to start over yeah. and climb the ladder and have a good time and show some new people and some new fans what what it's like and and what it's how it. What it's like to be in a band in 2018, it's it's very, very different. But, you know, um, word of mouth is a great thing. And, you know, um, the fans that I talk to every day are just so cool. And I know that there's people that are waiting for their copy of Campaign so they can rip it to shreds, you know. Oh, they, and, but that's gonna... the shit that, that you, you know, in my head now... I no longer care about that. Like, I really don't. Well, you can't because it's like, yeah, it's like whatever. You got to go. There are people like when you announce that you're going to do something like Rab himself is going to do something. There are people that can't wait to see it so that they can hate it. Oh, I know. You're never (laughs) never, going to please those people. Yeah, right. They may love it. Yeah. Actually. 
they may end up loving it, but they still have to let you know that they don't like well, it. Well, I mean, think about like if Malevolent, when they came out with new albums, mm-hmm. the first time you hear that new album, you're like, because it's different than the last. Like right. you got so immersed in what that was and you're like, that's a part of you. And then now you have this new, like a different sound or a different take where you're, you're advancing and I'm not there yet, so I don't like right. it. And then yeah, people say they don't like things before they right. let it sink in. And then it sinks in, and you go, "This is the the, the best right. thing." <laughs> it's like, but I think it's just the fear of change. People don't like even their their favorite artists changing. Or yeah, yeah like, they want new stuff, but they want it to be the old stuff. Right. You know, <laughs> somebody once yeah. told me, you know, this song is as good as '96 Bitter Beings, but the problem with this song is that it's not '96 Bitter Beings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever that's it's, that it's confusing, but it's true. It's like people are like, oh, Darren, you know, they might say, most people are going to get it immediately. You know, they know what to expect, but there's going to be some people that are like, this, this sounds different. Well, it's not different, it's new. Right. And you're comparing it to the old stuff, and you have to let it become a part yeah. of It doesn't just immediately, you don't immediately get it. And that's the best part of it. Because if you think about like a movie that's really funny to you, it's like the stuff that you notice in the background the second time mm-hmm. going through is what's even better. Like it's, if, you, if you figured it all out right away, then it's boring and you're not going to watch it again. Right. But like, or you're not going to listen to it again if it's music. Like, so it's like, you have, like having to refine that, I think. And that's, that's what's you know, fun about it. Um, you know. But that's what's good about campaign and synergy. So campaign is more of, of a um, um, experimental album, whereas we said, "Is this too much, or is this not properly? Does this sound right?" Or like we we said, we like it, right? Leave it, and it shows how broad. It kind of reminds me of Volume 1 because every song was done in a different session. So there's a different drum sound for every song. But it's all there's also kind of like a different style to every song. Yeah. So Campaign is for the diehard fans that that recognize, you know, Rio Bravo and Sarah's Mask. And to all of you, don't sound like the same band. So there's a lot of songs that are, there's an instrumental on there that's kind of fun and quirky. And then there's a really serious kind of slow, mellow, My Bloody Valentine type yeah. stuff. It just shows the different, it shows like, we. it sounds good to us. We we put the best nine songs on there. Maddie J and Murray uh, did a song and they sent, so they sent me the tracks. Maddie did the bass in Finland. Uh, oh, Murray, nice. Murray did it, the drums in Philly. Yeah. And then uh, I did everything else in California. So it's like a reunion from all over the world. Yeah, that's know? cool. It's cool. So and it's the first time Matty J wrote a song, and it reminded me of how I used to write when I came up with something that I was really proud of. Yeah. And Matty, I never really heard Matty J write songs, but he sent me this one. And said, do you want to do it? And I said, yeah. It reminds me of old me. Yeah. Which I can't go back to. Right. So it's like it's like a Shippensburg kind of song. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a lot his style. So we did that and we put that on there and that turned out good. And we did Beat It, Michael Jackson, a really cool cover of Beat It. Oh, a wow. lot of people have been requesting yeah. covers. 
I yeah. did all night long by Lionel Richie. Dude. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. You know, we get, we're, we're going to do a Rush song. We're going to do, like, just everything. Like, I want, I want it to be more than a band. I want it to be, like, kind of like that band Goblin that does soundtracks, but they also do rock albums. Like, come to us for anything. Yeah. You want us to do a country song? Come to us. Yeah. You want us to score a movie? We can score a movie. Like, 96 Greater Beings is, is a rock band, but it could also be music for whatever your needs are. Yeah. You need a little jingle to help sell your sandwich. Yeah. Come to come to us. Yeah, that's, what that's we awesome. Do. And I think that that's what needs to happen because I think rock bands and rock in general is just boring right now. Yeah. I can't think of anyone except maybe Ghost or Foo Fighters that is everybody everybody that's playing stadiums is in their 60s. Right. Yeah. 70s. Yeah. yeah. And there's just no I don't know of any up and coming rock and roll like right yeah so <laughs> i want to take the the new concept is just like the old concept take what i like music and make it an all-purpose kind of not group but like a company like an organization that does music f and video for whatever we want to do we're not just we we might put out we might put out like an album of love songs and then yeah have a song about hate at the end or something yeah, yeah. just something that's interesting like something that's within, within the realm of what we can do and what we like yeah you know but not limiting yourself and just right. being able to kind of yeah well, i mean i don't want to turn people off by doing a death metal song and then doing a ballad right after that yeah you know everything <laughs> has to have like its place yeah. It has to be announced, okay, this is going to be... I mean, instead of having World Under Blood, I, sh I sh would have just called it 96 Bitter Beings. This is our death metal album. Yeah. You know, but it seems like, oh, you have to have a different band name for each style that you do. I, how many bands do I have? Right. That should have just all been called one, one thing. Yeah. No, I know. And, it, well, and it's tough, I think, though, because, like you said, people want to hear a specific sound for that band, then they want to hear right. a specific sound for that band. Um, but, dude, I'm excited, and I can't wait to hear like hear more of this music. And uh, So when we finish this up, I want to hear some more of that. But uh, but <laughs> when do you think, like, uh, do, do you know when, when it will be coming out, like the Synergy Restored or... I, I don't have a date because um, you're waiting for. I'm waiting for the record company to figure out their distribution stuff. Okay. So. But it's but it's done. I mean, it's pretty done. much the yeah. record is okay. done. Yeah. We will have time. I think campaign will hold people over. Yeah. Um. For synergy, but I mean, we have we did like 50 songs, including all the perk songs that people Damn. requested, and yeah. we got a lot of support. Yeah. The problem is, is that now, um, it's not a problem, but I mean, once the CDs are done, the campaign was like three years ago. Of course, I have to ship CDs now to yeah, 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 yeah. overseas. Now they're triple the, uh, <laughs> we got to sign that we're signing them all. We're, I'm shipping them all my, by myself. I'm addressing every envelope by hand and the cost of shipping <laughs> has gone up again. So, <laughs> so, so you, it's yeah. not a money-making venture by any yeah, means, right. but it is going to get the word out there. Yeah. You know, and I hope that word of mouth, I don't want people, I want this record to be the property of the people that are getting it. Right. I really, really don't want anybody to share it with people that didn't, don't, 
deserve it, you know. Right, right. I mean, listen to it, but I want the I want the physical copies to Just go so to that it's people kind of, that yeah, something that special helped. for them because they yeah. yeah, right, exactly. And even if the album does leak, they still have the CD. They have the physical right. copy. They have it, the yeah. physical copy with their name in it. Yeah. So at least that. But I know there's going to be somebody that, that leaks it. Oh, it'll leak. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I really don't want it to. And I think it would be really interesting because the Lionel Richie song went to one person. Yeah. And that person has been bu- getting bugged by hundreds of kids. Let us hear Darren in 96 doing Lionel Richie's uh, all night long. And he said, no, it's mine. That's oh, nice. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Awesome. It's his song. Yeah. He wanted us to do it. We did it. I, lo- I happen to love the song anyway. We did it. It sounds amazing. I sent it just to him. Yeah, so it's just his. It's just his. Damn. And people are... That's awesome, It's though. getting... You know how it stirs buzz, up. Yeah, it yeah. It stirs up controversy. It stirs up, let us hear it. Well, no. And there could be... And then there are people... <laughs> there are people yeah, yeah. that... There is, a, there is another guy... Who is the opposite? He's like, this is what I want you to do, but I want you to be able to sell it and give it to everyone. Yeah. So it's like a really different. It's a new way for connecting with yeah. connecting to fans, making new fans, having you know something interesting that everyone can talk about. Um, trading, you can trade songs. You know, oh, 96 gave me this song. I'll give you mine. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many possibilities because right now rock rock is so dead. It's so yeah. dead. And it's not that it doesn't have potential to pick back up because everything is cyclical. cyclical. Yeah. That's so weird that we can't yeah, yeah. say the same word. Same <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's That's May back. 21st right there. Yeah. yeah. Gemini, Taurus, Gemini, insanity. Is it May 20th or May 21st? Or yeah, yeah. Where yeah. the fuck am I? Which one am I reading this Yeah, time? right. And I, I have three different... Uh, I, 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 I feel that way, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that way. Um, but, you know... So, that's that. I'm going to be sending out like a thousand CDs. That's awesome. By hand. Well, cool, dude. Well, thanks for sitting and, and chatting with me, and uh, I definitely want to sit and listen to the uh, to the music. We will, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. As long as you you know you want some plot to. As long as I don't share it with everybody else. Yeah, you have your phone on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll give it to every fan that didn't help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, everybody I, helps. Yeah, know? yeah. No. <laughs> I don't want I don't want anyone out there to think that giving us money is the only way we see that. No. You're Right, helping. Right. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, unfortunately, yes, making records and shipping records, it costs money. Where do we get it from? Well, we can have a record label, which we will have for future releases. But for this one, right. we want to build up the pace. And everybody's like, when are you coming to Michigan? When are you coming to Florida? When are you coming to Texas? Let me, like, let us let set it happen. Up yeah, this yeah. base, this fan right. base. Right. Before. I don't want to play empty clubs. Right. I will. Right. If it's a new band, I don't want to play empty clubs in an old band. Right, right, right. So I'm excited yeah. to go on tour because I don't care how many it's people It's a brand new up. thing. Like you were saying, 20 this night, 40 the next night, and it starts to grow. Right. And that's that cool And, you know, that's, that's the plan. That's the hope, you know, that this will be a new thing that grows. But if not, it'll still be fun to go out on tour and play for everybody that wanted us to go there. Right. And, you know, I have a bucket list. Yeah. 40 
two years old. Yeah. Well, no, and I feel like the good thing about it is like, regardless of what it is, it's already serving its purpose because you guys are making awesome music and you're having a great time doing it. And, and it's going it. to be around long after we're dead. Yeah. And that's what's so great about art. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. All right. Well, All uh, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for taking a shit on the microphone with me on the Bathroom Break <laughs> podcast. Uh, no, it's been good chatting. And, and like I said, you just always kind of learn more about people even just like hearing the stuff about marlton new jersey aches and pains and going mm -hmm. through all that it's just fun uh cool and the fact that we did that for how long two hours and didn't take a bathroom break <laughs> yeah 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 i, I got i got to <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a bathroom break on the bathroom break <laughs> awesome peace out <laughs>